Welcome to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. positive attitude to our family and uh, the, the key verse or the verse for this topic is taken from Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. Okay. All right. It says here, do not do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Right, interest of the others. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to win in your family or do you want to lose in your family? Huh? Do you want to win in your family or do you want to lose in your family? See, if you want to lose in your family, it's very easy. Here's what you got to do. Simply have a me-first attitude. That's it. Everything revolves around you. It's all about you. Okay? Uh, everybody needs to treat you right. All right? If you're unhappy, you just show up the way you want to show up, right? everything revolves around you, and, and that is the quickest way of losing relationship within your family. That is the quickest way, right? So if that is what you want, good, do that. But if you want to win in your family, if you want to have a strong family, you want a relationally and emotionally healthy family, if this is what you so desire, then it starts with you. It doesn't start with the people around you. It doesn't start with your children. It doesn't start with your spouse. It starts with you. It starts with me. And so you have to build it. We have to build it ourselves. And so we have to die to the me first attitude, right? And start putting other centered attitude in order for us to do that. And this is essentially what this verse is telling us and teaching us that we need to do away with the mind. The me first attitude because that is going to help us lose in our family, but rather we need to have other-centered attitude and that is going to help us win. And so today I'm going to share with us a few uh, positive attitudes, a few principles okay, that we can take along with us to, in order for us to be able to win in our family, in order for us to build strong families. Now I'm going to remove uh, a, a, a white elephant, okay, in, or a big elephant in this room right now. Okay? Now, what I'm going to share with you, it's not something new. Okay? I'm sure you have heard it before. I'm sure that you would have known it. Right? So, let's put that out of this room right now. What I'm going to share with you is not some new science or anything. Okay? So, what I'm going to share with you is something that you're familiar with. The only challenge is we don't often do it. And so, what I'm going to share with you is not about telling you and giving you the knowledge. I think what I want to share with you is really to challenge us to do something about it. Amen? Amen, huh? Okay, so later when I give you an auto call, everybody have to come out, huh? Since I know so many people say amen, huh? All right? So likewise, those of you who are online, when I give you an auto call, I'd like you to be on your knees. Amen. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're going to have four, I'm going to share with us four um, principles that is going to direct us and help us in winning in our family, in building strong families. The first principle is this, that you can tear down and lose or you can build up 
and win with your words. Um, well, Pastor Alvin mentioned that I started my ministry of the youth, yeah. And uh, during that time, I went. I remember I was uh, doing a ministry with uh, uh, Dunyan Secondary School children, uh, youth. Okay, um, and we had an activity, and we got them all to to come together and and label themselves uh, and give themselves a price tag. Okay, yeah. If they're going to put a price tag on themselves, how much would that be, right? And so. After they had done that, then we gathered them. And then I noticed one, one, one youth, huh? well, the price tag is minus. No, no, no. Minus. I said, oh, yeah, it's very interesting. How come yours is minus? How do I have a minus? You owe people money or what? You know, be a, your own price tag minus. And then when I sat down and then when the young person talked to me, he said, yeah, yeah, my mom always said that I'm, uh, I'm stupid. Good for nothing. So I think zero doesn't, you know, zero doesn't, uh, zero dollar doesn't really, really do that justice. So I think I'm a minus actually. You know, words have power. What we say uh, make a difference and have an impact. Words have power. You know, their meaning crystallizes perceptions that shape our beliefs, that drives our behavior, and ultimately create our world. And that's what happened to this young, uh, young man. The words were not just words that go past him, but the words actually went into him and is deeply rooted and he actually shaped his world. And, to, and at that time, his word is, I am worth nothing. In fact, worse than nothing. And therefore, I'm bound for nothing in this world. There's no future for me. Words have the power. And this power arises from our emotion responses when we read, speak, or hear them. In fact, the Bible teaches us to use our word mindfully. It says this. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs, it says this, When you talk, do not say harmful things, but say what people need. Words that will help others become stronger, then what you say will then what you say will help those who listen to you. You see, words have power to influence us positively or negatively when we listen to it. Therefore, words when it's being used on others have the power to influence them positively and negatively as well. And so we want to be able to leverage this power. Since he has this power, we want to leverage this power to build our family. Yeah? And so we need to be mindful of what we say. And I like to encourage us to have this practice, and this practice is what I call mindful saying practice. To practice mindful saying. Okay? And what is mindful saying? It's simply this, that we were to consider what we feel like saying and express it meaningfully. Okay? Like we consider what we feel like saying and express it meaningfully. And one of the key words here is to be able to express it meaningfully. And what does meaningfully mean to you? What is meaningful to you? Is screaming and, and venting your anger at your child something meaningful to say? Is that something that is meaningful? Or would meaningful sounds like 
tell me more about what you are struggling. I would like to understand which is more meaningful. We need to practice mindful saying so that whatever that comes from our mouth and out of our mouth is meaningful. Okay. So the question here is how do we practice mindful saying? Right? So you know by now that whatever I'm sharing with you is something that you already know, huh? Yeah. The question is then how should we then say it? How should we practice mindful saying? Okay, I'm going to share with us some very... Uh, a few steps here, okay? All right. And this is what I practice myself, okay? First, you pause, okay? You pause. All right, what is pause? Pause means, uh, the Bible says this, it said be quick to, yeah, and slow to. Ah, very good. Be quick to listen and slow to speak, okay? And so we need to pause. We need to refrain from expressing what is on your mind immediately because whatever that we want to express in our mind immediately are very raw data, right? Yeah, so we want to learn how to pause first, okay? You can speak. Take your time. Don't worry. The time will come. But learn to pause, okay? Learn to pause. And, it, and, and the word says be quick to listen. When we, when we listen, when the Scripture talks about listening, what are we listening for? To listen to what? What the person is saying? But at the same time, it's not only just to listen to what people are saying, but also to listen to ourselves. So that listening has got two parts to it. One is to listen to what people are saying, and the other part is also, hey, what am I actually thinking? What is my inner self actually saying? What is my mind saying? What is my heart saying even at this point in time? So we have to listen not only to others, but also to ourselves. And so therefore, we need to pause. So in short, when I speak to people and, and when people are having a conversation with me, before I say anything, I literally tell myself, I need to stop for a while first. <laughs> 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Then I speak. Okay? I pause. Right? Then after I pause, what do you do? You breathe. I'm giving you very practical steps here. <laughs> you breathe. Why do you need to breathe? Am I anti-breathing already? Now this is in, intentional breathing is to regulate your breathing. And why do you breathe? Because when you breathe, you actually calm your mind. Right? In conversation, when you hear someone say certain thing, you get really agitated, you get really angry, and then the first thing that comes out from your mouth is you want to do something or exercise some, some anger or express some anger. Right? Yeah. But you want to be able to speak something and say something meaningfully. You do not want your feelings to be talking. You want your mind to be talking. You want to be thoughtful in what you say. And so you need to actually breathe. Okay? And our emotional brain requires time to calm down. And actually breathing helps. So you need to pause, you need to breathe, and when the emotional brain calms down, then your thinking brain actually begins to connect back and then you can think better. Right? So breathing calms your emotional brain and increases your mind space for your consideration process that's going to come later on. So the third part is really the cons to, in order to, con is to consider. And what am I talking about? What, what is considering? What do we do? Is that we need to consider biblical principles in our mind. Right? And we need to consider what is our intention. 
in what we want to say next. We want to consider um, our, the expression of what we will probably want to say next and whether is it necessary to say. So in considering, we need to consider all this before we eventually express. And so we pause, we breathe, and in those moments, once our mind is coming down, we are then able to process more rationally. Yeah? And then we express. And when we express, we need to observe and moderate our tone, our energy, and our physical responses. Oh, express, we need to observe, okay? And moderate our tone, our energy, and our physical responses. So actually, when we are speaking to others, we are also listening to ourselves, and we want to ensure that in order for the expression to be meaningful and that when we express, it is being accepted and, re- and well-received, then we want to ensure that in the midst of us communicating, the tone, our energy flows well. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's very easy to say, okay, I want to be just mindful of my words. But to actually be mindful of our words in what we say requires us to really pay attention to ourselves. And in that moment as we are sharing, what is it that we need to say and we need to process? Okay. So to be honest, when I parent my children, my, I've got two kids. Nah, later on, you'll see their uh, photos. I've got two girls and... Uh, um, they are 19 and 20. Okay, 19 and 20. All right. And so uh, my 20 year old came to me one day and talked to me and said that she fancy a guy. And w- why do you all laugh? Immediately, it sounds like your antenna are up. Huh? <laughs> yeah, my antenna went up immediately, you know. Yeah, fancy a guy. Without even me thinking, I felt what? I felt my heart, heart rate uh, went up. You know? Increase. Uh. I feel that my blood pressure went up. You know, I can literally feel my face uh, heating up. You know. and, the, and immediately, the first thing that I wanted to come out from my mouth is, who is that fella? I don't want to see that fella. You better stop that relationship right now. Nip it at the butt. Uh, that was what, what came to me. Yeah. Right? So if I don't practice my pause, my breathing, my consideration, that will be what I'm going to say to her. Okay? Yeah. I literally took... Three seconds uh, to respond. And this is what I did. I practiced my pause, my breathing. I consider. But in the consideration, it was very interesting. I was then asking myself, is there anything wrong with this? She just said she's fancy. Uh. I'm having a lot of dialogue within me, you know? Yeah. And then I realized, actually, nothing, uh, nothing wrong with it. So why is that? Why am I so upset? So is it her or is it me? Then I realized it's actually me. So later on, we had a good conversation for me to find out more about the guy and what she thought. And then later, I went back to my room and did a lot of reflection. <laughs> okay? And to today, we're still having a lot of conversation on this. <laughs> but was it a meaningful conversation? Well, were that, was that, um, um, did I demonstrate meaningful, mindful saying? I believe so. Yeah. Because my daughter still continues to talk to me about this topic. Right? Yeah. So, be mindful of what we say. All right? So, this is something that you could take home with you and to start practicing. Right? And the call to action is simply this. 
Okay, today, my call to action for this first point is simply this, is that we learn to say kind words to each other at least one time a day. Right? So today, when you go back home, say a kind word to each person in your family one time a day. Okay? Now, there will be times when we, we, as much as we try to be mindful, but we, you know, we, there's a slip of our tongue, you know, right? and then we act up, and then we say things that we probably regret, then learn to apply the healing balm. We cannot take back our words. That's the truth. We can never take back our words. Right? But we can apply healing balm by saying, I am sorry. How simple is that? Yeah. And so if this week you realize that you said something that was hurtful, right? something that wasn't very mindful okay? um, this last week, then bring, approach a person and say, you know, last week I said something and this is what I said. And it was very mindless of me to say that, and I'm really sorry. So this will be your call to action that you do it. Okay, I'm going to ask Pastor uh, Alvin to send you all, all this call to action for this week, all right? And then we'll call you uh, whether you did it or not, huh? <laughs> all right. Okay, next. The second principle is this, that you can be ungrateful and lose or be thankful and win. You can be ungrateful and lose or be thankful and win. Now, this is my family. Can you see that? What's the observation? Happy or not? Happy, huh? Yeah, happy, huh? Yeah, very happy. Huh? Do you realize that all your family photos are huh? happy or sad? Happy, of course, all smiling, right? Yeah, all your family photos are all smiling. How many of you have family photos that are very angry, very, very sad, very depressed? Not? No, right? Don't have. Yeah. So the truth of the matter is most of the family photos are all very happy. They're all smiling. Yeah. But there's another side of the family photo that you don't see. <laughs> right. After they take a photo, then what happens? Ah, you know what I'm talking about. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Right. There are many challenges within the family. Okay. Yeah. You see my two daughters smiling, happy. I want you to know that, you know, uh, they, they, there are things that they don't like about each other. Hmm. They take time off. That they do complain. Yeah. And I want you to know that my, my, not my parents, but my, my daughters, uh, they look like they are very obedient. They look like they are very happy with uh, their parents huh, right now. Huh? Yeah. I want you to know uh, that when I have a heart to heart talk with my eldest daughter, yeah. can I be honest with you? Uh, if I be honest with you, can you don't put all these things on Facebook? Can? can? Uh, those of you are in, on, online, uh, yeah, same thing. Yeah? Please don't do that, all right? Okay, I can. Huh? I can be very honest with you. Please don't condemn me, okay? Or judge me, yeah? You know, there's some comments that say, why, why are you like that? Huh? <laughs> then I want to have a heart-to-heart talk to tell you things that I don't like about you. <sighs> well, I feed you for 20 years. Uh. All your clothes, I buy one. <laughs> you go on tour, who pay? Uh? Don't like me. But that's the truth. Hmm. You know that I don't feel secure talking to you. Huh? I got 10 over years of pastoring experience with young people. You don't feel... Wow! Have you experienced such thoughts before even for yourself? Yeah? What? 
Why do I have such siblings? <laughs> yeah. Why are my parents like this? I wish my parents should be like that, you know. Why, why is my spouse like this? Huh? Okay. We don't tell them, but we think about it. How is my child problematic? My child is quite problematic. How are other people's children uh, so happy, so obedient, but my child is like this? See, we can be ungrateful or we can be thankful. It's easy to be thankful for positive circumstances and positive experiences. But it is a challenge to be thankful when we are in a negative situation or faced with a negative experience. But the scripture teaches us this. That we need to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. And that is the key here. That if we want to build our family, and if we know that our family is not perfect, and everyone within our family is not perfect, and there are things that we really don't like about them, then if we want to be able to, to build the family, we need to learn how to give thanks. Okay, because there's actually an impact of being ungrateful and being thankful. Let me share with you this. When we are ungrateful, what, the, what will happen is this. When we are ungrateful, it draws out negative emotions. Okay? And when negative emotions begin to fill us, then it will prevent us from exercising or drawing out some positive behaviors. But if we are thankful, then it will draw out very positive emotions within us. And when we have positive emotions, what is going to happen is that it will then promote positive behavior. Okay? So if we are, we, if, if we are you know, we feel a grudge with our, our family, all right, and then we have all the negative emotions, then what will happen is this, that we probably won't want to do anything about the relationship. And sometimes we may even rebel. Right? Or we become vengeful. And those are not, not, not behaviors that promote strong families and, and help to build strong families. Okay? Uh, but if we are thankful, then the likelihood is that we will have positive emotion that will drive us to say, let's do something about it. Okay? So being thankful becomes very important because being thankful helps us then to be able to have positive emotion and then have right positive behavior. And this is why the reason, that's one of the key reasons why the scripture always tells us to be thankful in all circumstances. Yeah? So that when we are thankful in all circumstances, we have tenacity. If we are thankful in all circumstances, we, even, we will persevere. And these are all good behaviors, positive behaviors that will, that will help us to move forward positively. Hmm. Yeah. So this is important to have a thankful attitude, right? So we need to learn how to be thankful. But it's not easy to be thankful, you know? Yeah. You know, there's a research that is being done, huh? okay? And this is an experiment, and there's a research that's being done by psychologists. Uh, interestingly, they went, um, there's two groups, they put two, there are two groups of, um, of patients uh, in a hospital, okay? And these two of patients are all waiting for, to go for their surgery, okay? And so the, the doctor went into group A patients and tell the group A patients, oh, hi, everyone. Okay, I just want you to know that, uh, well, uh, there's, uh, 
80% success rate in your uh, uh, in this surgery that you're going for. Okay? Right. Tell me, if you are for this group A, what do you think they'll be happy or unhappy? If happy, show me your a love sign. If unhappy, show me a cross sign. Come. One, two, three. Happy or unhappy? Uh, happy, 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 happy. Okay, very good. Okay? Yeah, very happy. Okay? Like, oh, 80% success rate. Yes. Right? So patient group A, huh? Then the doctor went to the patient group B, okay, and tell them, say, ah, look, everyone, okay, you are going for this uh, surgery, and this surgery has 20% uh, uh, failure rate. Okay, tell me, this group, if you happen to be in this group, what do you think? Happy or unhappy? Uh, show me, show me, show me. Happy or unhappy? Unhappy, huh? Unhappy, yeah, unhappy, correct. They say, ah, oh, 20% failure rate, oh, unhappy, okay, very good. Okay, then the doctor went back to group A and said, Oh, group A uh, patients, uh, sorry, I forgot to tell you. Uh, okay, there is uh, uh, a 20% failure rate uh, okay, of this surgery. Uh, okay. Tell me, happy or unhappy? Happy or unhappy? What do you think? Okay, one, two, three, you all show me. Uh, one, two, three. Unhappy, unhappy. Anybody say happy? Oh, you all also be unhappy, huh? I see, okay. All right. So, yeah, it was, they, they became unhappy. Uh, okay, all right. Then, the doctor went over to the, the group B and tell the group B patient, say, oh, I forgot to inform you that, that your surgery, there's going to be 80% success rate. Okay, so happy or unhappy? I come to three, show me. One, two, three. Oh, happy, 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 happy. Oh, result shows unhappy. And they, do, they did it for many groups of uh, patients. Okay, what does this result suggest? is that human has a tendency eh, to focus on the, the negative results. Eh, the negative. Eh. Ah, they have a tendency to, to, uh, to focus on the negative. Okay? And the negative has a very strong hold on an individual. And this applies to whether are you a Christian or not a Christian. You know? It's just us eh, as humans. And therefore, the Bible has to always teach us, uh, to teach us and, the, and God always tells us, you need to be thankful. Learn to be thankful. Learn, learn to look at the positive things. Lift up your eyes and see me. Look at me. Look at the things I'm doing so that you can be more positive because you tend to be focusing on the negative. And so the way to be able to redirect our attention from being negative to, to positive is to learn to be thankful. That's a way to reframe. And if we are thankful, then we will generate positive emotion. We will then lead to positive behaviors. And that's what we need in a family. So family environment needs to be very positive. Ah. Okay. You need to be very positive. There must be this positive energy okay, that you sense. And that, that, that actually drives and encourages positive behavior. Right, but it's not easy to be thankful. Huh? So how can we learn to be thankful then? Okay, I'm going to suggest these few things for you to do. Okay, how can we practice being thankful? Okay. Two ways of doing it. First, look for the positive. In your family, when you look at your, your spouse, when you look at your children, when you look at the situation, immediately spot the obvious positivity within it. Okay, look for the positive. Okay, lease down the positive things. Okay, focus on them. Right? Then you can be thankful. But the truth is, in the family, not everything is so positive. Sometimes the situation is such that it's so difficult. You can't find anything positive. Right? Then what do you do? 
Look for the possibility. Okay? Look for the possibility. What do I mean by possibility? Simply means this, that you need to learn to look beneath all the undesirable situation and undesirable behaviors. And in all the undesirable behaviors, you ask yourself this question, what could be a need? Instead of looking at the undesirable behavior and say, wow, that is a problem. Instead, what could be a need that a person may have? And that would more or less neutralize your negativity. And if there's a need, then it's up to us to meet those needs that will in fact generate and help build the family. And so learn to look for the positive and look for possibilities. Okay? Even in situation, sometimes it's not, you, you, you probably can't get an, a solution immediately. But you look for the positive, uh, possibility. Right? You look for the possibility. Um, you know, my, uh, I had a very rough year with, uh, rough two years with my younger daughter uh, who was going through her poly years. Mm. No, even from secondary school, uh, during her secondary school years, okay? Yeah. Um, she was, she felt that she shouldn't be going to church anymore. Uh, then I was the pastor. Can, can, you, can you feel the pressure? <laughs> can you sense it? Yeah, good, huh? All right. All right. She said, I don't want to go to church anymore. Uh, uh, I think my parents are, doesn't really understand me. You are, cannot help me in any way. All right. You only look at me and want me to be like that. Actually, I never said that before. You know? I don't know why she feels that way. Right. So it was a very, very challenging two years that I had with her. Uh, it seems like everything is impossible. Nothing could be done. And so, how can you, how, I don't know how to thank God for that. Nah. I said, God, I'm so thankful that my daughter doesn't want to go to church. <laughs> God, I thank you that she's going through this period of time where she might just lose her faith and that she might just disown us as parents. God, I'm so, thank, I'm so thankful. I can't thank God for that. So what do I do? I look for possibility. I said, God, this is a possibility. And the possibility is, even though it's very difficult, it is an opportunity for me to crack open her and to find her need and to meet that need. Lord, even though things are getting worse, but God, there's a possibility that by getting worse, it becomes better later on and gets stronger. Look for possibilities. And you are able to thank God for the possibilities. And we should. Why? Because we serve a God who is great. We serve a God who can do all things. Don't we believe in that? A God who can do all things and is possible. And therefore, it is yes and amen. And so look for possibility and thank God for that. Amen? Mm. So call to action. Go home tonight and start to list down what you appreciate about each family member. Okay? And then Find a time to sit down with your family member this week and share that list with that uh, family member. Can you do that? Okay, good. Okay, let's do that quickly. All right, the third principle is simply this. Now, you can be bitter and lose or you can forgive and win. You can be bitter and lose or you can forgive 
and win. Right? We know that being in a family is not as easy as it is. Right? There's a lot of joy being in a family, but there's also a lot of pain as well. Okay? They, people within family members, they step on your toes, so it's not easy. Okay? Um, and many a times, we experience the fact that we have been hurt by our family members. All right? And so, we can choose then whether we want to be bitter or we want to forgive. If you want to build our family, if you want to build the family and make it strong, then we cannot choose to be bitter. We have to choose to forgive. Because forgive restores relationships. Have you ever been around someone who is bitter? I'd like you to think about someone who is bitter. Can you recall someone who is bitter? Can you think of somebody? Yes? Okay. Hopefully it's not someone in your home. Uh, but if it is, it's fine too. <laughs> All right. But if you can think of someone who is bitter, and you, if, you are, if you have been around someone who is bitter, you realize that that is not a lot of fun being around, around such a person who is bitter. Right? Uh, they have that bad energy. Yeah? Okay? And, and you just want to stay away from them. Right. And so if we, if we, in a family, and we are, a, if, we, if we harbor a lot of bitterness, uh, uh, that's not going to help build relationship and not going to help build our family. Okay? All right. And I also realize one thing, that we can, actually, it's easier for us to let go and forgive our friends a lot easier than to let go and forgive our people, with, uh, our family members, uh, when we are being hurt by them. Somehow, Somehow, what they do to us seems to go much deeper. Yes? I guess maybe, it's, maybe we have certain expectation, and maybe also because we are so close. Okay? But regardless, the hurt, when the hurt is in the family, it goes much deeper. And therefore, it is much easier to breed bitterness. Okay? So the scripture teaches us this, that we need to read of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And we need to learn to exercise forgiveness okay, in order to build a strong family. I would like to say this, and I'd like to make a confession even when I stand before you, that forgiveness is not one of my strengths. I don't know, maybe forgiveness is, is your strength. It's so easy for you to, oh, it's okay, you hurt me, I'll forgive you, no problem, and I move on. I just want you to know that forgiveness is not one of my strengths. Okay. Uh, I remember um, many years back when I first started working, I was in the Air Force. Okay. I started my career with the Air Force, enjoyed it thoroughly. Okay. Um, then, uh, then I was driving a car. My dad, my dad bought a car. Uh, then so I, was, I was very blessed, and, and he, he basically allowed me to drive the car to work, right? And now I don't have to pay for the car some more. Isn't that wonderful? Petrol, once a while, yeah, okay? But I don't have to pay for the car. So I use the car all the time, okay? Uh, so it was a very nice car. I was very proud of it, okay? Uh, then um, in, in the Air Force, we do go overseas for detachment, okay? Uh, so I was over in, uh, I went to Australia for detachment for three months. And then after, when I came back, uh, then my dad drove the car to pick me up. And then to my horror, to my horror, they changed the car. If they change to a Mercedes, I'm okay. Nah? They changed to a 10-year-old second-hand car. I was like, what the? What is this? 
cut the long story short, for two months, I didn't speak to them. If you ask me then and then, are you bitter? I will tell you, no. I'm just unhappy. <laughs> but I was really bitter that they changed the car without letting me know. And I felt so embarrassed. For two months, I didn't talk to them. Came home like a stranger. Wait for them to finish dinner. Then I come out and have my dinner for two months. Ooh, did I win? Did Ronald win at that point? No, I lost. I lost. Did I help to build a stronger family? No, I think I helped to create more cracks at that point in time. But did my parents help to did my parents help to build a stronger family at that point in time? I think they did. For two months, they continued to respond to me as though I was normal. And I suspect they have been exercising forgiveness every single moment during the last two months. Forgiveness is not easy. I don't know, today as we talk about forgiveness, it's a very touchy issue, very touchy topic. But may I ask you and challenge you at this moment, is there someone that you cannot forgive at this moment? It could be someone from your family. It could be maybe someone from somewhere else. I don't know. But is there unforgiveness within you? Then maybe today we need to start to learn how to forgive, especially for our family members if we want to build strong families. Now, the, the million-dollar question is then how to forgive, <laughs> right? How do we forgive? But before how do we forgive, uh, we must know why we want to forgive our uh, reasons. Uh. And, and interestingly, I think I'm speaking to a lot of Christians here, so I believe you already know the reasons. Can I assume that? Huh? We all know the reasons. Huh? Some of us went to Bible school, oh, I study theological, you know, all the theology on forgiveness, yeah, we all know. Uh. I'll quickly run through the reasons, huh? okay? Why do we need to forgive? Because God forgave us. Amen? Amen. Yeah, God instructed us. Amen? Oh, nobody wants to say amen, huh? Okay? All right? But uh, and then uh, when we heal, uh, when we forgive, we receive healing. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And forgiveness restores relationship. Amen? Amen. Then why is it so hard for us to forgive? Oh, oh amen, right? Yeah. So how do we forgive? I've listed down six steps. Huh? You won't find this anywhere else because these are the six steps that I, uh, I personally practice. First, acknowledge your pain. Now we need to reflect and look at ourselves, look at our heart, and acknowledge the fact that, hey, I've been, I, I've been hurt. Huh? Okay? And label that emotion. Yeah. So for me, for the example that I use, Okay, in terms of my, my parents, my dad selling the car and got a new 10-year-old Honda Accord. Okay, it's like a tank. Okay. That's <laughs> like a tank. All right. Uh, what was my pain? My pain was, my pain was actually embarrassment. I was embarrassed to drive the car into my camp and everybody looked at me. Hey, how come your car become a tank? And so that was my pain. Yeah, so I acknowledge that. And then I re then your second thing is to release your pain to God. Okay? Right? Because when we are hurt, huh, it's not, you don't want to go to anybody to just tell them and, and, and vent, right? But you need to release it. 
So who is the best person to release? God is the best person to release, really. That's why we want to come to God and pray. You can tell God anything, you know, what kind of language you want to use, whether, whether pleasant language or foul language. Huh? It doesn't really matter because God can handle it. Who cannot handle? Uh, people cannot handle. Right? You go and talk to someone of another Christian and use some foul language, huh? you say, oh, you're a bad Christian. Uh, but God can. Why? Because God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at what you just say. He knows you need to release. And so you need to release to God, you need the pain to God, so that you can release everything. Emotion, your thoughts and everything. Okay? Once everything is being brought out, then you want to reflect on the positive impact if you were to be forgiven. So you want to think about, reflect about the positive impact. If today you can forgive, then what are some positive impact? Mm. Okay? Once you've done that, go to the next step. Then give yourself permission to let go. You must tell yourself, I can actually let go. Now the question is whether I want or don't want. You must give yourself the permission. If you realize this has got nothing to do with the other party, it has all got to do with us. Because forgiveness is, is something that we have to offer. Right? And so, we give permission to let go. Then, the fifth step is, after you have done that, you say, I, I, I'm going to let go, I'm going to forgive the person. Then you go to the person and let the person know that you have been hurt. Mm, that's part of the restoration and healing part. You need to let the person know that you have been hurt. Okay? I didn't say you have to go there and let the person who hurt you. Uh, I didn't say that you are supposed to go to go and hurt the person who hurt you. Huh? Go and let the person know that you have been hurt. Okay, so go and express and tell them I have been hurt by you. Uh, this is what happened. Okay, that's it. Then draw healthy boundaries with the person. Okay, meaning that you need to tell the person, okay, in future how should this relationship be like and how should you do it in the future so that you wouldn't get hurt again. Then you are building strong relationship. Make sense? So there's something that you can take with you that you can use it. Okay? So what's your call to action? Start forgiving. You have someone that you hold in your heart. Today is the day that you should start to forgive and follow the steps and do that. Finally, the last principle. You can do this on your own and lose, or you can ask God for wisdom and win. You know, we can do all this, all the principles that I shared with you. You can actually take them, all the steps, okay, uh, on how to do it. You can take it, and you can try it, and you can immediately work on it, right? You can do it to a certain extent. But the truth of the matter is that I think in many ways, in many ways, as humans, we fail. That's why the Bible says we need God. God is our strength. We need to depend on God, right? And so we need Him and to empower us, right? And here it says it's about the empowering is in terms of wisdom to learn how to be able to build strong families, okay? It's about wisdom. So what we want from God is wisdom, okay? In order for us to be able to build strong families. And what is the, and, and in Colossians it says this, huh? it says, um, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And so if you truly want to build a strong family, with all the steps that we are going to take, we also need to depend on God and depend on His wisdom. And we need His wisdom. Right, in order for us to be empowered in doing so. 
And so the, the thing is this, how can we, what kind of wisdom is wisdom? Okay, what kind of wisdom is this wisdom that we talk about? Right? Uh, before I talk about wisdom, James, another verse that says this, James also tells us that we need to, uh, if we want wisdom, what, who can we ask? We can ask God. And God will, God promised that He will give it to us generously. Okay? Yeah. So the, the, the question here is, what kind of wisdom is wisdom? Okay? What wisdom are we talking about? Alright? Um, okay, I don't have this. Okay. What kind of wisdom are we talking about? The wisdom that I'm talking about is this, that it is an immersed understanding through the process of contemplation. I, I think I missed. It's supposed to be a slide. Okay, no worries. Okay, so what is that wisdom? It is an immersed understanding through a process of contemplation. Okay? So the wisdom that we get from God, I don't know how you get wisdom. In the past, when we think about wisdom, oh, uh, wisdom, uh, how do we get it? Uh, I used to think that, oh, when I pray for God to give me wisdom, then God will just download it. Uh, true? Uh, quite true. Quite true as well. I think we, in Bible story, we have heard that. Uh, but those, uh, I won't call that wisdom. I will call that as instruction. Usually when God mentions certain things and tells you to do something, I think it's uh, more of instruction. Okay? And so I took time to really consider this. And, and so the way I, I define wisdom okay, uh, in the scripture okay, is this, is that as we go through a contemplation process, the contemplation process actually gave birth to some emerging understanding. And that emerging understanding is the wisdom. Right? Okay? Um, of course, as you go through the contemplation process, we believe that the Holy Spirit is also at work in it. Okay? And so, with that, we begin to gain some new understanding that will help us to move forward in whatever situation that we are in. Okay? Let me give you a... Uh, let me use a metaphor to help explain this a little bit better. Okay? Uh, I'm going to use... Uh, how many of you prepare soup? Boy soup? Yes? Okay? Boy soup, huh? Okay. So, if you boy soup... Huh? Right. This is what you get, right? Uh, you have a pot of water, and then you need your ingredients. And what do you do? You throw all your ingredients into a boiling water, right? And then you need to wait for it to boil. And in the midst of waiting for it to boil, what happens? The flavor of the ingredients begin to be extracted, true, into the soup, right? And then some chemistry happens. <laughs> Everything integrate, mix up, and then voila, after four hours, five hours, or don't know, 24 hours of double boiling. What happens? Wow, a new flavor, huh? Huh? A new flavor, huh? Yeah, very different, huh? You boil a soup that is uh, four hours, and you boil a soup that is 24 hours, very different, you know? Yeah, the flavor, huh? Yeah, that new flavor uh, is wisdom, uh. okay? So when you start boiling soup, you try, uh, oh, wisdom. <laughs> okay, but do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, from something very abstract as in wisdom to something that now you're getting a bit closer. So let me relate it back to something that we probably know and we can learn how we can actually gain uh, uh, some... Uh, okay, so, right, what do the ingredients really mean, okay, in a contemplation process? And this is what I practice, okay? In a contemplation process, all right, I contemplate... I, what do I bring into the contemplation process? Biblical principles. Intentions. Situation. Knowledge. Whatever knowledge that I have. Okay? Whatever that I know. Whatever that I have done before. My experiences. Emotions. And all my thoughts. And so when I begin to contemplate, to gain wisdom, I put all this together in a 
through a, a time of contemplation. Okay? Right? And what else do we need? We need to then exercise faith. Okay? Right? So in the contemplation process, it doesn't just come immediately, you know? It's not like I list down what a biblical principle, intention, uh, situation, and all these things. And then suddenly, uh, pop! <laughs> you get wisdom. It doesn't happen this way. How does wisdom come about? Is I take time to, to dwell on it, to think through. Sometimes a few days, sometimes a few weeks, sometimes a few months. But wisdom eventually comes. Okay? Please don't ask me this. Huh? If, you ask, if you are thinking, so Ronald, uh, how do you know that this wisdom is from God? <laughs> are you asking that? I, I, tell, I will tell you very honestly, I really don't know. Because God didn't appear before me and say, voila, i just given you wisdom. Don't have, huh? But I'm contemplating. So, therefore, faith is important. We exercise faith. Okay? And what is this faith? All right? Faith is simply this. All right? Is this that we, um, when we exercise faith, all right, basically it's about a waiting process of which I exercise patience in waiting for the wisdom to come. Okay? And in the midst of exercising faith, I also exercise, uh, in the midst of exercising patience, I also exercise trust. Trusting that whatever that comes, it is the Holy Spirit who is at work in it. Because that is what, what the Scripture promised us, right? Jesus says that, now I'm leaving, huh? but don't worry, I will leave you alone. I will have the Holy Spirit who will come and He will journey with you. He will help you in every situation. No? That I must believe in that. That the Holy Spirit is at work when my intention is about contemplating on a process to gain wisdom from God. And God says, I'll give you wisdom. Since I, I believe in that, then the new emerging, the new emerged understanding would be the wisdom that God has. And therefore, I will have to trust Him and to exercise it. Does that make sense? And not only that, but I also trust a God, huh, that I'm serving a God, that I have a God who is much bigger than my failures. <laughs> His grace encapsulates all my failures. Does that make sense? So, I won't make a mistake that His grace cannot carry me through. So therefore, I exercise faith in my contemplation process. Now, earlier I told you that I, I had a hard time with my daughter for two years. And for two years, I contemplated on what to do for that situation. Uh, I do not know how to go about doing it. Therefore, I have to seek God for wisdom. Yeah. Um, so I spent the time uh, contemplating with all that ingredient in there. And, and through it all, New emerging understanding was given to me, all right, that for two years I was told to let her be. That's number one. Number two, to just sit and listen. That's number two. Number three, speak only when she asks you to. Wow, very difficult to do, no! You see sort of behavior, you want to slap that burger, no! I'm sorry, sorry, did I use the word? My apologies. Can you please edit that part out later on? Uh, but that was what was in my mind. But that was a new emerging understanding. My understanding of parenting is take control now. Better do something about it before something worse happens. Eh, but the new emerging understanding is relax, chill. <laughs> Let them be. Interestingly, because of that, whenever I have a conversation with my younger daughter, it was a very, very open, she, she was willing to open up. And then for two years, and after the two years, suddenly, something just 
something just clicked within her or something. Something shifted. I do not know what. And then things went on the right path. Wisdom. Did I do it? I don't think so. But I got a wisdom from the Lord to know how to move forward. And so today, if you're having a situation in your family, whatever that may be, if you think that you are, you are not in control, good, <laughs> you are never in control. You only think you are in control. You wish you are in control. It's a delusion if you are in control. But you are never in control. But we have a God who is in control of our past, of our present, and of our future. And He can make a way even when there is no way. Trust God for His wisdom. So let me conclude by saying this, that let us build strong families. And this is what we want to do, to build strong families. And let us build strong families by our words, by being thankful, by forgiving, and by asking God for wisdom. And everyone say, Amen. Let's stand up to our feet and let me pray for you. As we are standing upon our feet, we stand before the Lord. May I invite you to just come into His presence and allow you to lift up your family in, into His presence. Just lift it up. You know, the scripture teaches us that whatever request that we have, we come to into His presence and in prayer, He will answer it. And so whatever situation that your family is going through, whatever intention that you have for your family, I want you to bring it before the Lord today and make a simple request that He will bless your family and bless your situation. And trust that God will indeed do so. All that has been taught even in, in today's session, um, you will practice it. But know that God is the one who is in control. God is the one who can give you wisdom. God is the one who will make a way for you when there's no way. And that is the extra boost, extra confidence that you will need to build strong families. So whatever it is, your intention for your family, bring it to the Lord. If it's about forgiving, bring it to the Lord to say, God, I want to forgive. If it's about being more encouraging, using mindful words, then let that be. Come before the Lord. And ask God to hold your tongue. If it's about simply being thankful, then bring before the Lord and list down everything that you can, that you can observe that's positive about your family at this point in time and to be thankful to God for. And even in those uh, things that are more challenging, things that are not so positive, bring it before the Lord and say, God, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to go through such challenges that I can become a better person, that I can also be able to contribute in building the family, in, in directing the direction of this situation from a more negative situation into a more positive situation. So be thankful. Come, bring it before the Lord right now. Hallelujah.
Father, as the, yes, your people come before you, as they lift their families before you, Lord, there are many... Lord, every family has their own dirty laundries. <laughs> every family has their own challenges. Behind the, behind the, the closed doors, uh, we really do not know. But Lord, you know. You know. And it's in your desire that families are strong. It's your desire that God, that we will contribute uh, by bringing the best positive attitude towards our family and to build it up for your glory. And so, Father, as the requests are coming, bef- coming to you in their prayers right now, as they lift their families on their hands before you, Father, I ask that in your own special way, that God, that you will speak to them, that God, that your hands will be in their situation and that you will turn things around for them in your time, in your time. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you will begin to bring about, uh, strengthen their faith. That if they need to go through a process, then strengthen their faith as they go through that process. That they will not give up. They will not lose hope. Because we have a God, a God who can do all things. A God who promised to never leave us nor forsake us. We have a God. And so Lord, may you grant them all the resources that they need in order for them to build a strong family for your glory so that this the family will become a beacon of hope of truth in this world in this broken world where so many families are broken and so Lord we just commit that to you in Jesus' name we pray Thank you for listening to this series. We hope that you are blessed. If you would like to go deeper with us, head over to our website at maranata.sg for more information.